podcast. I am your host, Sabine Jones. This is a bi-weekly podcast where I interview a new average everyday gay girl about life, love, and all things gay every week. Um, no, every other week. I just said that. Why don't I know words? Um, anyway, this week we are joined by Amber. She is such a great person. Amber has a really generous heart. Like I would say from just from this conversation, you can get a sense of what an amazing person she is like and like how amazing it would be to be your friend. Like she just seems so cool. And then following on from this conversation, she's actually given me loads of advice about how to improve the podcast, improve Instagram and try to reach more of you guys. And I am just so, so grateful for that. I'm still inputting some of the changes that we talked about, but it's been such a great ride. And honestly, like, I just feel so lucky to have had the chance to chat with her. And I know that you guys are going to love meeting her and and hearing about her as much as I do because she's got such an interesting story. And she's got this way of like, you know how sometimes you'll read about people and they'll be like, oh, this person was so charming they got like so far in life because they had this way of talking to you that made you feel like you were the most important person in the room I got that feeling doing this interview which was so odd because like I was interviewing her but she was so genuinely interested in like the conversation that at times it seems like she turns and starts interviewing me and I'm just like I just go with it because I'm like yeah let's just talk like she's she's awesome I definitely want to like be more like her um, in my day-to-day life. So I hope you guys feel as like, oh, she's great as I do. Um, So without further ado, I'm going to get out of here so we can meet Amber. Today on the podcast, I have Amber. Hey, how you doing, Amber? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. Um, So To get started, why don't you just tell me a little bit about yourself? Yeah, definitely. So I'm Amber. Um, I'm almost 24, um, currently living in Utah. I'm originally from Boston, um, moved out here about eight months ago. Um, I work at a university. Um, I have a lot of fun doing that. So um, like I said, I'm a newbie here in Utah, so I'm kind of just trying to figure out how to live away from home and... um, live a very different lifestyle. I think East Coast is definitely different from the West Coast. So it's been a journey, but I'm having fun with it. (laughs) So that's like a really massive move from that's just to Utah. Like what has that been like? I know it was a crazy move. So I graduated college. Um, I got out of a pretty long-term relationship um, with my ex-girlfriend and I decided that I wanted to explore and have an adventure. I didn't want to spend the rest of my life living in Massachusetts and I figured it was the perfect time. You know, I wasn't married. I was single and um, I applied for some jobs um, around the country and Utah seemed like a good fit and um, people called me crazy. My family called me crazy. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I am so happy I did it. I mean, meeting new people out here and experiencing life outside of the bubble that was Massachusetts is a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. That's such, that's so like brave though to think about. (laughs) And and I'm not a brave person, which is weird. (laughs) That sounds so terrible, but I always like stay within the box. I don't do things crazy. Like I went to a school that was a half an hour from my house. So this was a really big thing for me, but I think I need to do it because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life not taking risks. 
Um, mm. But it was a. Uh, it was crazy, all right. I, I'm still getting calls from my friends saying, "Again, why did you move?" In? <laughs> uh, <laughs> but you know what? It's it's totally yeah. fine. <laughs> so, what's Utah like? Like, what's it actually like? Because I think the impression that everybody else that's never been to Utah has is like it's a desert, and then there's Mormons. That's like all we know about Utah. That is literally it. That's it. Honestly, no, for real. So I only knew about it being mountainous. Is that a word? Mountainous? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Okay. <laughs> it, there was mountains and it was Mormon. So mountain and Mormons, all I knew about it. So um, I moved here not knowing a single soul. So um, I, I got the job and they're like, oh, are you LDS? And I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> and they start laughing at me and they're like, oh, it means Latter-day Saints Mormon. I was like, oh, I'm not Mormon. But no, honestly, um, I grew up not having church in my life. So um, around here, being Mormon is a really big deal. Mm-hmm. I think about around 60% of the state um, is Mormon. So um, I live in a town that's pretty Mormon. It's uh, And, you know, it's funny because Mormons don't really accept the LGBT community. LGBT community. So um, I was definitely worried about that. Um, we can get into that more later, but um, it the stereotypes are right. It's mountains, desert, and Mormons. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if you've ever, ever been here, but it's beautiful. I mean, the mountains are gorgeous. Um, the people are interesting. <laughs> um, I I talk fast. I talk loud. I'm in your face, and people here are very reserved and they're polite and <laughs> I wasn't used to that and like I'm from the city we don't we don't act like yeah. that <laughs> it's like come on let's go and everybody's like chill out <laughs> I know and yeah so oh, sorry where are you so from originally, originally I'm from Kansas and I left there when I was tiny and then moved to Mississippi for a bit and then Florida for a bit but the most of my life I lived in Japan so I have oh, like cool. kind okay. of a uh, like a I'm like a more, I think I'd say I'm a more quiet, reserved person. Then when I moved to England, I lived in like rural England and then moved to London for a year. And I was like, this is so fast. <laughs> like, I was like, I'm right, a city girl. Like, I go to church a lot of Everything time. is so fast. I'm yeah. not a city girl. I cannot cope <laughs> with the city. Like currently I'm like an hour or so away from LA and I've been to LA like a handful of times. And every time I'm like, oh my God, no. <laughs> That's so funny because like I'm I'm not I don't live in Salt Lake City but I'm near it so when I visit everyone's like oh it's so busy in traffic and I'm like this is nothing like I mean you compare big cities like Boston New York and L A like those are major cities where you're stuck in traffic for hours on mm-hmm. end um, so coming here I'm fast paced I get things done and people are like do very <laughs> slow and it's 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 an adjustment I mean you really have to adjust how the culture is or you look like you look like a freak like they're like why is she rushing everywhere <laughs> like, calm down and you're just like no this is the pace this is my pace <laughs> exactly <laughs> so um kind of before we delve too much into where you are now let's kind of jump back in time and can you tell me a little bit about like what it was like growing up what your experience was like well, I had an interesting childhood. Um, so without getting into too many de- details about my itty bitty past, but um, when I was seven, my mom married mm-hmm. my stepmom. Um, they got married in 04, which was the year after gay marriage became legal in Massachusetts where I lived. Um, so it was a yeah. pretty big deal, um, you know, being one of the first couples in 2004, you know, to get married. Um, so they had been together since I was six. So I was young. I didn't. I, um, 
I didn't think anything was different about myself, you know, until I got to school and kids were like, what do you mean you have two moms? <laughs> like, I'm like, what's the big deal? Like, I have two loving parents. Like, that's cool. And they're like, that's gross. And I came home one day and I'm just like, mom, why is this gross? Like, I don't understand. It, I have two pa- people who love me, who love each other. What's the big deal? And she told me, you know, that some people don't accept, um, especially early 2000s. Yeah. I mean, um, it's completely different than what it is now. Um, so growing up was different because I, I kind of hid it. Um, I hid the fact that I had two moms because I was afraid of um, the judgment, which looking back now, I so wish mm-hmm. I didn't hide it um, because I'm so proud of my parents. But as a kid, no, you, you don't, don't want to be judged. You know, you, you want to exactly you want to you want to be the norm you want to have um friends who like you and that's all that matters when you're eight years old that's all that really matters so um i was the only one of my friend group that actually had a different family dynamic so that was interesting um i'm sure that it's so different now because you know um the family dynamics have changed drastically but um it was interesting um I hid the fact most of my life. And then once I got into late middle school, I realized, you know, there's no need to hide it. I'm proud of my parents. Mm -hmm. I love them so much. And at the time I was just an ally, which funny, funny story. Now it's not true, but I'm part of the LGBT community now. But um, back then, you know, being an ally was super important to me because I didn't want anyone to think that I was hiding it because um, I was ashamed. I was, I was hiding because I was afraid to be judged. Um, which I don't think anyone should do that now. But again, as You're a kid, afraid you know, what do you expect? So kind of in a more personal level, if it's yeah. okay, what what's it like growing up with two yeah. moms? Because I'm just genuinely curious about it. Like my wife and I want to have kids. And I, like you said, it's still not that common. Like I don't know anybody who had two moms growing up. What's that like? Yeah. And it's interesting. I only know one other person who has two moms or two and, um, oh no, one person has two moms, one person has two dads, and it's still not very common. So, um, it's interesting because I don't know anything else. Like I never had my father in my life, so I can't compare, um, having a mom and a dad versus having two moms. Um, but you know, I, I called her by her first name. I didn't call her, you know, like a different term for mother because she was in my life at six. So it wasn't like I was super young. Um, but again, it was like any other parents, you know, we, she treated me like one of her own. She was my stepmom. You know, she was like, she was a second mom to me. There was no, um, detachment or anything because she was not a male figure. Um, so I don't think anything was really different about my life as far as being home. I mean, they drove me places. They treated, you know, me like their kid. And, um, cause my, my birth mom, I, one of them is my birth mom. So, um, just the fact that I think, um, growing up, um, the bullying was, I was always afraid of, and it did happen until I hit it. And then it kind of went away. So, you know, I don't know. I don't know if that bullying is still going to happen. You know, if you and your wife have kids now, I mean, I would hope not, but I'm sure that there are going to be those mean kids that, you know, think it's Like you said at the very beginning, when you were like, why is this weird? I have two parents that love me. It's like, I think that's something that you just kind of have to hold on to because yeah, a lot of people yeah. don't. Like, my parents got divorced when I was really little. And I was like, oh, okay. And and the sad thing is, most of my friends who have straight parents, they hate each other. So I'm just like, <laughs> loving parents. And that's so funny because, you know, 
Exactly. People don't really see divorce as a big deal anymore. Um, and they're like, oh, you have one, you have a single parent. Cool. But then you mentioned that you have two dads and you're like, but why? And I think that the most important thing growing up, but I think that, you know, you could give this to your kids is just teaching them that love is love no matter what. And that's what I was taught from the earliest ages. Love is love. And I think that's why I didn't have, um, those thoughts in my head, because I think it maybe if it happened later in life, I would have had those thoughts But because I just entered elementary school and finally was able was up with other kids. That's why um, I never heard of that's gross until I got to school, if that makes sense. Um, but I think it's all about how you talk about it with your kids. You know, you talk about how, you know, um, you know, mommy loves this woman and, um, you know, she's going to get married and we're going to live in a house together. And I think that my mom did it in a really good way where I was introduced, um, to my stepmom as her friend first. Um, and that kind of helped. And then she got into my life and, you know, she had this friend come over and then they got engaged and got married. But I think it's all about teaching your children that Mm -hmm. love is love no matter what and no matter who it is. And I think that I don't understand why people don't understand that <laughs> and don't accept that because that blows my mind that people are still yeah. disgusted with. I think it just comes down to honestly, some, <laughs> I think they just on some insane level do not believe that love is involuntary. I think that they believe that everyone chooses. And yeah. the great thing about love, the magical thing about it is you have no choice in the matter it's like chemical and it's some like Mm -hmm. ephemeral thing you don't get it just happens to you and you're like ah this is the thing and i think exactly acknowledge that then you're able to sort of say yeah some people have that with people of the same sex some people have that with people of a different gender but if you don't then you're just like well Exactly. I think that people who are judgmental and are um, kind of saying, oh, this is gross. I think that they will never understand um, fully to the extent of people in the community or people who are accepting of the community. Um, you know, I've, I've, I've noticed that I've met some um, parents who are very anti-LGBT until their daughter mm-hmm. or their son came out. Um, and then uh, I don't know how it was for you guys, you know, for you when you came out, but I had a friend who whose mom was you know, very homophobic. But then once she came out, um, she realized, you know what? It's my daughter. I love her. And then she kind of accept, accepted the fact that, yeah. well, this is normal. So how was, you know, how did, how was coming so out with your parents? With my, I don't really talk to my dad that often. So that was kind of fine because he was just like, mm-hmm. well, you've always been really busy. So I figured you were either going to be like all about, you know, your aspirations in life or that you were gay. <laughs> so that made sense. okay wait okay (laughs) right that's just interesting that his logic is like a really interesting logic he was like well i figured it was either that or you were just a career woman and i was like i'm 19 so i'm not a career woman Um, (laughs) but um my my mom is so good now when i was growing up though she was really Mm. really cool about gay men she was not cool about lesbians. Um, and then That's I came out as a lesbian and she had a lot of stereotypes about lesbians sort of it, it like that she show, she sort of believed she was like lesbians are kind of mean and she's like, Are you gonna call your hair off? Are you gonna like be grumpy all the time? Huh. And I was like, I've been gay since I was born. I'm not gonna become a different person just because I now realize the kind of like who I'm attracted to. Now That's she's so good about it. But because I, time, I, yeah. was, I was the most afraid uh. to tell 
her of anybody. And she was like really upset when she found out that I was afraid because she said, of course, I'm going to love you. Of course, I'm going to be on your team. Why would you think that of me? And I was like, well, you don't like lesbians. <laughs> so that's right. <laughs> but that's interesting because I've heard people the opposite where people are like, oh, it's cool if it's two yeah, girls, but I think two it's guys because is disgusting. It doesn't, like affect her in that way. Like two guys, she's like, well, I can't have either of those men. They're not going to talk to me. But I think it's the same like, I think she had an experience where, like, a lesbian hit on her and she really didn't like it. And I was like, well, I had men hit on me all the time and I don't go, they're all trash. <laughs> like, <it's fine. laughs> that's interesting. You know, that's that's fascinating because, I mean, my coming out experience was extremely different than the norm. So it's interesting for me to hear different coming out stories um, because you have all sorts of um, varying degrees of acceptance and not acceptance. Yeah. But that's so, awesome that she's accepting kind of now. Kind leading, jumping straight into that. Can you tell me about your coming out experience? Because yours mm -hmm. is really interesting, but also in a way kind of, I think something that is a bit common. Like first you said in your survey, you came out as bisexual and then you realized later on, I'm not actually bisexual. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm definitely a lesbian. Can you tell me a little bit about sort of that process and that realization? Yeah, definitely. So um, I went to an all-girls um, private college, which should have been warning <laughs> sign number one that I was gay. Um, <laughs> and um, sophomore year, I had this biggest crush on this girl who turned out to be straight. You know, we all fall in love with a straight girl, um, which is totally fine. It all happened. I feel like it's kind of a rite of passage when you come out is that you have to fall in love with a straight girl. Um, I don't know if you agree with that, but I've seen that happen a lot. <laughs> um, so I was. I was seven, no, I was 18 years old and I just fell in love with this girl. Um, and, and I was taken aback and I was like, wait, I've never had these thoughts before. And, you know, it was interesting because, um, I, um, I don't have the recollection of being, you know, young and having crushes on girls at five years old. You know, I, I hear a lot of coming out stories of, they say, um, oh, I could, I remember when I was four, I played with two Barbies and there were two girls and they fell in love. I don't really remember that happening. Um, I don't remember ever having feelings for a girl up until college. So maybe I was just a late bloomer, but, um, fell in love with the girl, um, came to the realization that, you know, I think I like boys and girls. And for some reason, I was afraid to tell my parents. And that sounds weird yeah. because there's no reason for me to be afraid. Um, and I still haven't figured out why I was afraid. Um, I think I was afraid of other family members too. And I, and my family, um, my, uh, you know, outside family besides my parents are very conservative. Um, and they are fine with my mom, but. I didn't know how they'd react with me because um, I'm the only grandchild. Oh, wow. I'm the only sibling, no cousin. Mm -hmm. So I was the baby of the family. So I was a little bit worried. Yeah, because I didn't know how they'd react at their their only niece, their only granddaughter yeah. is coming out. Um, so um, I, I did it kind of backwards. I got a girlfriend before telling them that I was bisexual. Um, and then my mom found out <laughs> through Facebook that I had a girlfriend. Um <laughs> so that was really bad. Um, I should have told her. So I ended up telling all my friends and they were all super supportive. And um, they're like, oh, you know, it's so funny because your parents are gay. And I'm like, well, I'm not gay. I'm just bisexual. And um, my mom found out through Facebook and she was so mad. Um, I don't blame her because that's kind of a really bad way to find out that your daughter is bisexual is from Facebook. Um, but it said, you know, in a relationship with so-and-so, my ex-girlfriend. Um, 
so I told her and she was like, why didn't you tell me? And I was like, I don't know. And again, I, I, I still don't really, I don't know. Um, I really can't figure out why I was afraid to tell my mom because there's no reason for me to be afraid. And I think that's something that yeah. I still question five years later. I don't know. Um, it is interesting, but it's, <laughs> I think maybe it was the fear of like, or maybe it was like you wanted to sort of protect her in a way, because I know that's a fear that in, in like a really selfish way, it's a fear that I have, like, I'm okay with my kids being gay, but there's a fear that if like, if your family, your wider family is more conservative, will they think that you like, programmed them to be gay almost and you don't want them to have that experience yeah, that, you want them you don't want them it, to honestly. think that like oh of course she's a gay kid she raised them to be gay you're like no i just raised them to be happy and this is who they are i know exactly so that was really interesting um but you're, i think you're right now that i'm thinking of it but so one thing that i kind of struggled with coming out is my parents ended up telling my entire family without me knowing um, yeah. And I actually honestly haven't told my mom about that since it happened. And I would love for her to listen to this and be like, surprise, mom, I'm still upset about it. Um, but I got a call from my grandmother and she was like, so I heard that you have a girlfriend. I'm like, oh, oh, oh okay. Um, I do. And she was like, you know, I love you no matter what. And everyone was super supportive. Um, it, yeah. But I, I still kind of struggle with the fact that I didn't get to have mm. a talk with my family. It was more of a, my, my parents just told him, but I mean, you can't change the past and I don't, you know, I wouldn't change it, but, um, that was a little bit hard to deal with is that I couldn't kind of have the talk with them. I had to hear, yeah. you know, from them telling me that they knew already, but, um, yeah, so I was, I can't, I mean, I, I was using the term bisexual for a pretty long time. Mm -hmm. I was dating my ex-girlfriend for three years um, and she was totally great with it. You know, she didn't mind. Um, I, I found out that um, being in the community and being bisexual um, wasn't as accepting as I thought it would be. Um, I don't know if you've ever heard it. I don't, I don't know how, how much, you know, you've heard about it, but um, when I was dating men, um, they were like, oh, that's cool. But then dating women, they said, mm -hmm. well, what if you leave That's me for a, big a guy? Fear, yeah. And I was like, and I was like, it's not going to happen. I mean, I'm the kind of person yeah. where when I love someone, I'm with them 100%. And um, mm. that was a common thing I heard a lot. I honestly, um, which, yeah, I think honestly, it, it's like it projection really because there are people who have horrible experiences like that where they're dating somebody and they leave them for a guy. Like my wife's first girlfriend had that experience but she didn't I think honestly mm -hmm. she should have gotten some kind of help to help her cope with those feelings but instead she just brought those fears into every relationship and so when she began to date my wife oh that's hard um because we were friends at the time when she was dating her and I was like, this person that you're dating does not know you because she was constantly accusing her of cheating. And I was like, it's not like she was like texting guys or doing anything. She was just going to school. Like we were at drama school mm -hmm. and she would say, I wish that you'd never gone because there was a guy there that she'd gone on oh one date with before she started dating this girl. And then she was like, I don't want to see him. I want to date you. That wasn't enough. And it, it's what ruined that relationship was her fear. Uh, and then when they broke up, the girl was like, uh, have fun with your boys. And I was like, there are no boys. 
there was just you. Like at this time, I are was you dating, kidding dating, me? Dating, just her friend, and I was like, "What are you saying to her right now?" She was never cheating on you. There are no boys. She's crying right now because she just wants us to work with you, and you're being insane. Wow. And, yeah, that's insane. You know, and and it's it's taken me a long time to realize um, that. It's their insecurities. It's nothing that I did. It's that it's their insecurities of, of the relationship that they need to get over because I can tell them all I want that I promise, I promise there's no one else. It's just me and you, but that's not helping. You know, it's their own insecurities that they need to figure out themselves if they're going to date someone who's bisexual. Exactly. Like there is, there is a wound there when you date someone and they cheat on you or they lie to you. It does leave a wound and that's legitimate, but that's yours to fix and not yours to put on someone else. If they're not cheating on you, why exactly, are you yeah. they're cheating on you? You can't have a good relationship. No, and, and yeah, that. and I think that communication is 100% super important. That's why, you know, when I dated guys and girls, I told them, I said, you know, just want to be upfront. I would say on the first date, you know, that, hey, I'm bisexual because I, I don't want to hide that part of me. And it's it wasn't, um, you know, it wasn't, hey, I'm Amber and I'm bisexual. But it, it wasn't something that, you know, I wanted to say my ex-girlfriend. I wanted to say my ex-boyfriend. I didn't want to say... Oh, they, you know, I don't want to be ambiguous about it. Um, yeah. But with men, yeah. they never had a problem with it. Um, they were like, that's so cool. Um, and I'm like, yeah, that's so cool. <laughs> like, I don't know what to say to that. Um, yeah. So great. <laughs> after my ex-girlfriend, when I broke up, when we broke up, um, right before I moved to Utah, um, I dated some guys and I was like, mm, I just like, I, I don't know. I, 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 there was an attraction, but there was no, there was a physical attraction, but there was nothing else after that. It was surface level. Um, and it wasn't till I met, um, a girl that I was seeing, not anymore, but we were seeing each other. It wasn't until I fell in love with her that I realized that the bisexual may have been a thing, but I have come to terms that I am in love with women and, um, it goes so much deeper than what I had with men. Um, and that's, it, yeah. it, was, it was kind of a wake up call. Cause I was like, you know, do I still like men? But it was just a, a surface level physical attraction with men. And, um, but with women, it's so much deeper. I mean, I'm, I know you can relate because you know, you're gay too, but, uh, <laughs> just with women, it's just like <laughs> the emotional, physical, mental attraction is just so much stronger. So I've finally come to terms with it. And I didn't really, um, how much of a coming out since I've realized that um, I think people just realize how happy I am. And um, I didn't feel the need to say, Oh, by the way, I'm changing my, my, um, my sexuality. <laughs> I'm changing the label on the sexuality. Yeah. Bar. <laughs> well, I haven't done that, but if people ask me, I'm like, yeah, you know, I identify as bisexual and um, I'm now, you know, gay. And I think that I think sexuality is very fluid. Now people argue with me about that, but um, I think that, as you get older, your brain matures and you're, you're, you develop, um, different, um, what's the word you just, your brain, you know, your, your brain just matures and you develop different feelings and, you know, coming to terms with this, um, it was the right time. You know, I wasn't, I, I don't think that this would have happened until I met, you know, the love of my life and, um, who was, you know, no longer in my life, but that's okay. <laughs> um, no, totally fine. I mean, yeah, breakups suck, but I went through a breakup like a month ago and it sucked. But you know what? We all go through it and it's totally fine. But so, yeah, so uh, yeah. I don't know. It's it's funny because people always say that a lot of girls come out as bi before they come out as gay. And it's funny because it happened to me. I don't know. Were you always like, do you always identify as gay or was the bisexual? And so 
No, I think, and I think your theory about it's as your brain matures, things change. I think that when you said that, I was like, that's the nail on the head because I think that's what's happened to me because it's really fun doing this interview because we have parallel experiences. Like most of the girls I've talked to were like, my first crush on a woman that I realized was a crush on a woman. I was like five, I was like eight, I was like 10. And I didn't like you, I didn't have them until I was, you know, university age. And at first I was like, I was sort of spending a lot of time on the internet and I was like, I think I like girls too. Mm -hmm. And then one day it sort of hit me that my attraction to men, like you said, is just surface Mm -hmm. level. It's like, I can appreciate that you look nice and you make me laugh and I like laughing and I like looking at things that look nice, but (laughs) to have like a sustainable relationship, that deep connection that like sort of just that gets you sort of like in the sternum. I've never had that with a man. It's always with women. And there's a level of sort of comfort and relaxation and trust that I just don't have with men. And I was like, Oh, that's that's because I'm a gay person. <laughs> and that's so funny because I had I've never heard someone I've never heard someone who has similar experience because again, like you said, it's always been I fell in love with a girl when I was five years old, and I'm like, but is that bad? I didn't have that experience. <laughs> yeah, and I think I think it's just I don't really know. I think part of it is like knowing yourself in that way, and part of it for me was just sort of going along with compulsory heterosexuality. I was raised in a very religious environment, oh, okay. but I think. I think the opposite is true. Like if you're raised in a very like chill environment, like if it's not a thing at all, you just, it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes there's so much going on in my head when I was younger. I didn't have time to question my sexuality. Oh, 100%. I was doing so many things. 100%. There was no, <laughs> so it yeah. just didn't occur. I, I 100% agree but with you. It was you. when I completely slowed down. Yeah. And I think that, yeah, I completely agree with you. I didn't have, didn't have time. I was too busy playing with friends and worrying about school. Um, it wasn't until college where I actually thought about, you know, dating and everything. And, um, but it's interesting to think that there were some moments in my head where I'll watch a movie. Like, for example, have you ever seen the movie Stick It? Mm-hmm. So I watched that movie when I was a kid and I remember just like, watching it obsessively and just obsessing over the main character and not knowing yeah. why. And I was like, I just love the main character. And I, I look back and I'm like, that was probably a sign that I liked girls. <laughs> mm-hmm. So for me, I have the exact same thing mm-hmm. with the movie Alien. I have not seen um, it. Because <laughs> it played like every other weekend on TV when I was a kid and I would watch it every single weekend <laughs> and I would watch the whole movie. And up until probably about two, three years ago, I couldn't tell you the plot of that movie. I could just be like, yeah, Ripley's so cool. And she does this. And then she does this. And then the alien does this. And then Ripley does this. And it was just because I had a crush on Sigourney Weaver. Oh I was just God. obsessed with Sigourney yeah. Weaver. Okay, and this is so crazy. Way older. And I think that's one of the fun things. It's almost like like uh, like panning for gold when you like go back through your memory and you're like, oh, that was a crush. Oh, that was a gay thing. Oh, that was, and that was, and that was. Like, there's so many like TV shows and movies and stuff that I watched, and I was like, like, I, <laughs> this is so embarrassing. Oh my god! Um, please tell me. Like, I, I have so many embarrassing stories. So please tell me. You know the movie? Do you know the movie Thirteen Going on Thirty? Oh my god! Yes. 
I love that movie. Like, it's so embarrassing. Because all the other movies, I'm like, I'm like, this is a really highbrow film. And then I'm like, anytime 13 Going 30 is on, I'm like, stop the presses. We're watching this. <laughs> and it's because, I honestly think it's because when I was little, the first time I saw it, I developed the biggest crush on Jennifer Garner. But specifically in that movie, like in general, oh she's God. gorgeous. But in yeah. that movie, she's just so cute and peppy. And I think I was like 12 or 13 when I first saw it. And I was like, I want to be 32. I want to be cool like Jennifer Garner. And, and so like, I just, I love it. And I it's still to this day. And I'm like, objectively, this is not a good movie. Oh my God, that's but so I funny. I love that's, it. I love it. That is so because... funny. Because I can think of so many movies growing up. Like, have you ever seen the movie Practical Magic with Sandra Bullock? Yes. <laughs> okay, like, I love that movie because of Sandra Bullock. I don't remember what happens in that movie. Oh my gosh. Why do we have such <laughs> similar coming out stories? This is so weird. Yeah, just like a million movies that we've watched and are like, I have no idea what's happening, but I love it. Oh my god, I could literally list like ten movies that I don't like Coyote Ugly, no idea what the yeah. plot was. <laughs> no idea. But they were dancing on the bar and I was like, ooh. Yeah, that's so funny. And now you know, like it's I didn't start having these like flashbacks until recently and I'm just like you know, there was a reason why I stared at, stared at that girl for more than 15 seconds. There was a reason why I watched those movies over and over and over again. And it's funny how that comes to light now when, in all actuality, it was there all along. Mm-hmm. So yeah. funny. <laughs> it's so fun. I just love them. Like, that's one of my one of favorite things. I talked to a girl and we had like, we called it like a retrospective. And when we were tiny gay children and just chatted about that for ages, because it is so fun and it's like it's still happening now like i've been out for a few years now and i think i've always i've like i've figured out all the people yeah. i had crushes on back then it still comes up it will still come up and i'm just like oh i think i have a type like and i always oh thought my gosh, i didn't I have a type i haven't even thought about like, the girls i used to have crushes on i haven't even thought about that but now thinking i'm like oh my god like I wanted to be their friend so badly, but psych, no, I wanted to be with them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Like, I'm realizing as I kind of get older, I always thought I just liked red hair. I thought I liked it because it was unusual. You didn't meet a lot of redheads. Mm -hmm. I just have a thing. Like, my wife is red hair. I just have a thing <laughs> for red hair. <laughs> like, okay. That's all it is. So, super embarrassing story, and it's, like, coming to light right now, and I've never said this out loud. Oh, my gosh, I'm so embarrassed. So, my first boyfriend, I was 16 years old. It was, like, I was a junior in high school, mm -hmm. and, um, I again, it was, like, my first love, but in all actuality, I was just looking for, like, a boyfriend, you know, because that's what people do at 16 years old. Yeah. And I, I remember, I hope she does not listen to this because we are still Facebook friends and I plan on sharing this on Facebook. Oh, I hope she doesn't hear this. <laughs> anyway, she had a best friend who was gay and had been out since she was in middle school. And I had the biggest crush on her. Again, didn't know at the moment, but I was like, hey, when are we hanging out with so-and-so? When are we going to, are, are they going to be coming to the party? Are we going to go out to dinner with them? I kept like asking him over and over again, like, when are we going to hang out with this girl? And I oh. see her, when, oh my gosh, when I lived back when I was back back home um I would see her all the time because she worked at a store that I frequented because maybe because of just her I don't know but um I see her all the time and I like so badly want to be like hey 
remember me? I dated your best friend in high school, but I can't do it. (laughs) (laughs) I liked you. Oh my gosh, but like looking back, oh my god, this is so embarrassing. But it's so funny. It, it it's funny to laugh about because I would have never, you know, we we never would be talking about this unless we came out. You know, we it, I've heard people who kind of internalize everything until they're married in a heterosexual relationship with kids and then it finally comes to light. So I'm kind of glad this is happening now and yeah. uh you know what I mean? Yeah, like it it'll come out one way or another, like some way it bubbles up. So it's nice that we're kind of living in a time uh, where yeah. we're free to do that because that's one of the things that when you were saying earlier like your parents got married right after gay marriage was legal in the early 2000s mm-hmm. it's like a world away like there are times when I just sit down and I think actually I've only legally been allowed to be married for four years before that it was like something that's, else and then that's crazy and you used to be able to just like openly say homophobic shit anywhere like, and I just cannot believe that we lived in that world, but that's the world that we grew up in. It's insane. I know. And, you know, I, I grew up in a very liberal state. So fortunately, um, homophobic remarks I have heard, but not as as bad because, I mean, Massachusetts is very, very liberal. But to hear and to see what people would say on Facebook back in the day and to hear what um, – you know, for example, I marched in a pride parade once and to see the picketers um, – I believe we marched in it in 2005 and to see those picketers and to, to know that it was allowed. And I mean, freedom of speech is, that's great, but they're just screaming in your face that like, you're going to hell. And I was just afraid. I was like, uh, why do people think that? And why are they so mean and hurtful? Like yeah. it was, and it, it's crazy how it really has not been that long since gay marriage has been legal. Um, we've come a long way, but it has not been that long. No, You're absolutely right. It hasn't. Like I remember yeah. I was really, I got really into politics when I was in high school and I remember watching the debate mm-hmm. for the 2008 presidential election and every single mm-hmm. candidate said they were not for the redefinition of marriage and I was like, mm-hmm. redefinition? <laughs> like, okay, first of all, what? <laughs> that was 2008. Everybody was like, no, of course gay people shouldn't be allowed to be married like straights. Oh and God. now, like, if you said that out loud, people would be like, you're disgusting. What's wrong with you? Like, it's so, yeah, it's been so fast, but I'm really happy that it's happened. So how long have you been married? So I've, been, I've only been married a year. This is, we just had our first anniversary um, last week. Oh, congratulations. Um, but you're right, though. Um, it's funny because, um, you know, when you ask someone, like, on the street, like, oh, should people be able allowed to get married to whoever they want? Most people are like, sure, whatever. Like, it's not met in my business because that's my one defense is how does it affect you? Mm-hmm. You know, how does me marrying a girl affecting you? Because it doesn't. Um, and it, around here, you know, in the Mormon church, you know, they believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. So I like to ask, you know, people that who are Mormon, hey, how do you feel about gay marriage? Because I, 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 you know, I want to gauge their response. And um, most people say, you know, marriage is between a man and a woman. And that's how it should be. You know, I have no problem with you and your girlfriend, but marriage is a a man and a woman thing. And that really bothers me because you know, they're like, oh, you guys are cool. Like, it's fine that you guys date. But, you know, marriage is a man and a woman. Yeah. And that just, or like, oh, how bugs the crap out of me. I don't, I, the argument I don't really understand 
is when people say it threatens the sanctity of marriage. And I'm like, my marriage has nothing to do with your marriage. They're not like, it's not like all marriages are exactly. linked in some like massive marriage web. It's two <laughs> people getting married to each other. It's none of your business. <laughs> You're absolutely right. And I think that it, it's, it's really, really sad that people have this view of they shouldn't be allowed to get married. So I was dating a girl, um, for a brief time, maybe a month or two. Um, it was about a month. Um, and she was here and, um, her father was a big part of the church and she wasn't out to anyone because of her father being so, so big in the Mormon church. And, um, you know, I said, well, are you out? And she goes, no, I'm not out. I'm like, are you out to yourself? (laughs) And she was like, I have not come to terms with it myself. Like I was the first girl she dated. Um, and that was definitely a scary situation because um, I had never dated someone who wasn't out. Um, so I didn't really know how to go about it, you know, because, you know, my instinct, instincts are you go to the mall and you hold your girl's hand. And she was not OK with that, which, you know, makes sense because she wasn't out. But um, at one point when we were dating at the end of the relationship, she had a big freak out and just said, I can't be dating you. My father can't find out this is wrong. And it it, it really made me sad for her that she grew up learning that she can't be who she is because she likes yeah, women. Like that her happiness was fundamentally uh, wrong. It's just sad. Yeah. I rem- and yeah, like I went to high school um, on, a, on a military base, but a lot of the people I went to school with were Mormon. And I remember this uh-huh. one girl, she was this most like sweet, soft-spoken girl, but she was talking about, um, and I think they'd been in like a very fundamentalist sect before they were sort of rescued by their father and like taken out of that and then brought back to like the more, the modern Mormon church. Um, Okay. So, but she was talking about Ellen one day and she was like, I feel really bad for saying this. And we were like, what's she going to say? And she's like, I mean, I just love Ellen. I mean, I don't agree with what she does, but I just think she's so funny and so nice. And I was like, you think it's bad to even compliment a gay person? Like, the fact that people are wow. raised that way is just so, it's so bizarre to me. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's sad. And I was talking about that with a friend, a friend of mine from back home moved out here years ago and she's been here for five years. And, you know, I grew up learning that love is love no matter what. And people here are getting better, you know, it's progressing, but, you know, at a very slow rate, but it's sad that, you know, in some people's homes, you're taught, okay, honey, you know, a boy and a girl is good, but a girl and a girl is bad, and a boy and a boy is bad, and that just makes me really sad that parents these days are teaching their mm-hmm. children that, that because um, what your parents tell you is ingrained in your brain, um, you know, I mean, my mom always told me dr- drugs are bad, and because of that, and I mean, obviously, drugs are bad, but you know, what your, your parents say to you when you're a child is so leaves such a big impression in your brain and you can't ever leave that until, I don't know. It takes a lot of work to undo it. Like, and I think that's, in some ways, I don't think we realize that that's what we do. Like when people have kids, I think they're like, I'm just teaching them a good lesson now. So when they get older, they can make the right choices. But it's like, actually, they don't make choices. A lot of the time, they're just like, well, this is what I do because this is what I've been told to do. So that's really interesting. Exactly. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I funny. I wanted yeah. to kind of touch on something that you mentioned a bit in the beginning, and you've kind of yeah. talked about it a little. But so you moved, obviously, mm-hmm. from massively liberal place to Utah. Like, mm-hmm. do you find the yeah. environment in general, like, is it 
friendly toward gay people? Like, or is it more like, is it tolerant? Is it welcome? Like, how, how are you sort of dealing with everything? Yeah. yeah so, you know, my biggest fear before I even moved here was like, am I going to be accepted? Am I going to have to hide from my coworkers that I like girls, you know, at, at, you know, am I going to have to hide it? Am I going to have to, um, not be as out because I'm, I'm, I'm very proud of my sexuality. You know, um, I'm very open on Facebook. I'm very, you know, open about it. So it's not like something that is runs my life, but I never hit it. You know, I would stand up for what I believe in on social media, or if there was an argument, you know, about, you know, LGBT rights, you know? So I was very scared. Um, and, um, so when I moved here, um, I was, you know, I was single and I wasn't seeing anyone, but I wondered, I'm like, how am I going to meet people? You know, because I'd Googled, I said, I Googled LGBT bars in Utah and oh, nothing no. came up. <laughs> Not one thing. Um, so I was, I was scared, you know, I was alone. I was, I had no one here with me. So at first I didn't mention any exes. I just said, oh, you know, I dated and I'm not, I'm single. Yeah. And um, finally one day I let it slip. I said ex-girlfriend and I was like, I stopped myself and I, I was in front of my coworkers. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, are you gay? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, oh, cool. And they asked questions, you know, what's it like? <laughs> and they were, uh, they were very, I know, what's it like? And I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Um, but they were super supportive and that really kind of lifted away off my shoulders. But I have met people that don't agree with it. Um, you know, for example, another coworker of mine, I mentioned ex-girlfriend and, um, she hadn't talked to me since that day and she no longer works there. But, um, it was really sad to me to see that I lost a friendship because of my sexuality. Um, that shouldn't be, um, that shouldn't be a thing. Um, so that was kind of that, that, that hit me hard um, because I had never dealt with homophobia to that extent where someone was would not be my friend because of um, who I date and who I love. Um, <clears throat> so Salt Lake City, um, I don't know if you know this, but they have a lesbian yeah, mayor. I did. I did. Awesome. I remember when it happened and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. So I live about 30 minutes north of Salt Lake City. So I go there all the time because um, the environment is a lot more welcoming. Um, you see rainbow flags everywhere. Um you see, you see a lot more LGBT couples where I live. It's not terrible, but you know, for example, when I was with my ex-girlfriend, the one I dated here, um, we would hold hands and I would notice people looking at me funny. Um, I would notice that if we were at a restaurant, um, they would always assume separate checks. And we would see, we said one and you know, she would be holding my hand. People would be like, Oh, uh, okay. Like, and (laughs) like, what's the big deal? Like it, it didn't bother me very much um, because I, I'm very like, I don't care what you think. This is who I am. And it didn't bother her either. But the fact that they, they mm. stared a little bit longer at us, you know, we were just people walking down the street. We were, Oh, there's a gay pe- There's a gay person that yeah. walking down the street. Um, so I, that's kind of the extent of what I've experienced here. That is out of the norm that I've never experienced. Um, but I, I kind of wanted – when I moved out here, I knew what I was coming – you know, going in for. And I knew that I needed to experience outside of my liberal bubble because, like I said, I, I hadn't really experienced homophobia that much. So when people had experienced it, I couldn't be like, oh, I know how you feel. Like, it sucks. I was like, oh, that sucks. And I, I don't want to say that I wanted to experience homophobia, but I wanted to see what people growing up in mm-hmm. other states experienced. Does yeah, that make sense? I'm not really sure if that makes sense. Yeah. So, um, 
I wanted to um, be out of my liberal bubble for a minute. And um, it's been good because I, I've been able to um, kind of educate people who are not educated on the LGBT community at work, um, which is nice. It's, it's nice to be able to answer questions to people because I'm very open, like I said. And it's nice to answer questions that people are like, so what does it mean when someone's bisexual like that mean they date both <laughs> same time which is a question i was asked which i mean it's hard because i want to laugh but i i can't you know i'm like no like yeah. they just like both genders you know um so uh definitely interesting um but nothing has happened that has scared me away to where i want to move back home um what is a scary fact though is that the lgbt teen suicide rate in Utah is extremely high and they don't talk about that enough. It's very, it's a very hidden fact. Um, it, it makes me sad to think that there are teens out here who can't yeah. be open because of their religion. Um, you, did you say you grew up in a religious household? Or did you? I did. I did. Yeah. I grew up quite religious. I was really lucky though. So it was in some ways lucky in some ways unlucky. When I was very young is when it was the most prevalent. And by the time we moved to Japan, because we were so far away from kind of those sort of evangelical Christian resources, like we mm -hmm. couldn't get the Christian radio station and like all the channels weren't there and everything, we sort of came away from that and relaxed a ton. Um, still, there are things I remember when I was a kid. I'm like, did we really have to do that that's insane um yeah. but definitely it had an effect i'm really lucky though like some of it like i've been able to let go of the bullshit basically it's not yeah. been as sort of strong in my brain as i was afraid it would be because when i was starting to realize i was gay i was like am i ever going to be able to be happy am i always going to be thinking mm -hmm. jesus is judging you um yeah. and i don't feel like that which is good that's good <laughs> um, now how is um how is japan you know i don't really know much about other countries and the lgbt community were they so, pretty open about it no it's really interesting so i didn't realize i was gay until after i'd moved away from japan but oh, okay. um as far as as far as i know because i did have a gay friend in japan it's really underground like a lot of the gay scene and it might have changed uh since i left in 2012 but this mm -hmm. was around 2010. He was really excited and he came uh, to talk to us and he was saying, you know, I'm, I was like at a gay club in, in Shinjuku and it was really exciting because so much of it is really underground because it's not the most socially acceptable thing. Um, mm -hmm. it's, it's like a really traditional culture. Um, so, and then I had on top of, on top of the fact that I was in sort of a country that isn't the most gay yay i also um was living on a military base and it was don't ask don't tell was repealed i think mm -hmm. my final year of high school so the whole time it was the most homophobic environment there was at yeah. my entire school like it's so interesting now because so many of the people i went to school with are now out as gay bisexual mm -hmm. you know polyamorous anything like that but at the time everybody was like i'm straight i'm straight i'm straight yeah and exactly two yeah guys at our entire school that were out and one of them sort of graduated and everybody was like well he was definitely gay 
but he was really popular. So he got away with it. The other guy was not popular mm-hmm. and people were really nasty to him. And they wrote like homophobic graffiti about him on the side oh, of the school. And that's terrible. Yeah. So it's not the best. It's so much better now. Like I remember sort of in 2000 and 2013 2014 i was on a different military base and they had flyers for a pride a pride event it was like their first Mm -hmm. celebration of a pride month and they were like we have a like a fair we have like a presentation where we're going to give like information and people can ask questions and i thought this is so exciting to see because they're like finally you can serve your country and not be straight you can be open yeah. about it and we're going to have a dialogue so that you're not afraid of us. Um, yeah. Which is so good, which, which is one of the reasons that if I feel like the transgender ban that Trump has put in, it just hurts so much because it's like oh, yeah. the idea that people decide to like make a career of going to war or like mm-hmm. it's just a career of service and it's insane. I could never do it. I would never do it. <laughs> Like, oh my gosh, never. I'm but so glad we don't have mandatory conscription. Conscription, I'd be no, the I worst can't. soldier. But the fact that these people are willing to do that, and he goes, uh, no, I don't understand your gender identity, so you don't get to do this. It's insane, especially because he's a draft dodger. I'm just like, shut up. Wow. That's, you know, it's, that's fascinating. I was, um, my biggest thing, you know, when people make homophobic remarks or they make, um, anti-LGBT remarks, my biggest thing is I want to educate them. I don't want to get upset. So um, I try and just kind of let them see my point of view and then let them go from there because I would never, ever push my beliefs into anyone. And um, But I want them to be educated and not say yeah. non-educated remarks. So um, I remember I was – I had a friend who lived here and um, was in the Army. Um, we have a base here um, a few minutes down the road. And very accepting. Um, she herself was bi-curious, I want to call her. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was like, but transgender people don't belong in the military. And I said, okay, you know, can you give me a reasoning why? And she said, because I don't want to pay and other people don't want to pay for their hormone treatments. Mm-hmm. And it's a mental illness. And I said, okay. Um, I tried not to get upset. And I said, um, where did you hear that it was a mental illness? She goes, well, I took a psych class. I said, you know, I've taken psych classes as well. And um, being transgender has never been defined as a mental illness. Um, I will even show you, um, I don't know what that book is called, but search the D and it um, has a list of um, mental disorders. I think like the DSM-4, yeah, yeah. Or it's five yeah, exactly. now, it? yeah. Exactly. And I said, you know, I would love to look it up with you because um, – that is not in there. Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if it was at one point. I don't know, but I know for a fact it's not. It's not anymore. Um, yeah. So that was, yeah, and that was a really interesting conversation because she herself was partly yeah. in the community and didn't believe in it. So um, my biggest thing is if people don't accept me or believe what I, you know, believe in equal rights, that's fine. But I want to educate them before yeah. they make these remarks because it's it's the most important. I don't. I'm, I'm sure that you agree, but it's the most important thing is to educate them. I think it's though. So- Education is so important because it's what changed my mind. Because like I said, I grew up in a really conservative environment and I grew up believing like 
really problematic things about gay people. And I, I don't know if I was out and out homophobic, but I definitely thought there was out there were elements of choice. I thought, mm-hmm. you know, something was wrong there. And I wonder if that's part of the reason I didn't realize that I myself was gay until I was older. But mm-hmm. it, it felt a bit odd to say those kinds of things. And then just reading about things, I was like, nobody makes that choice. Of course, nobody makes the choice yeah. to do something that they know is going to make their life harder. It's harder to find a partner if you're gay. It's harder to get accepted in society. You could lose everything. You would never choose that. A hundred percent. And, and yeah. I, see, I see that all the time on Tumblr. Where it's like, I would never choose this life right now. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's really interesting. And I think that your point about education is so important. And I think it's good that there are people sort of like you that are that have that sort of strength of spirit and the generosity like the emotional generosity to be able to do that because you take a lot of knocks in that position like i think you should you know pat yourself on the back because it's hard to hear (laughs) people hurl homophobic crap at you and then go my response isn't going to be angry my response is to just say yeah let's look at this together and find the truth and i think that's really commendable yeah, well, thank you. I, I think if I can help one person, just help, not even change their mind, but just help them realize that being LGBT is okay, that makes my entire life worth it. Like, I don't want to say, you know, I'm on this earth just to educate people, but I, I, it really makes me feel better to know that if someone came up to me and said, you know, after our talk about, you know, being transgender in the military, I realized that it's okay. That would make my life so much better yeah. to hear that because changing one person's mind they're going to change someone else's mind and then they're going to change someone else's mind and it, and it will help the entire world i feel like i'm giving like a like a pep talk right now but <laughs> you know i totally get it because i'm on the same wavelength because one of the reasons i wanted to do this podcast was because i wanted there to be a resource for gay women obviously who are like i feel alone i don't think there's anyone like me to be able to hear all the stories of women who are like them but also because mm-hmm. There is no like realistic, there are very few realistic depictions of what it means to be a lesbian and what you find out, Mm -hmm. what I've always known and what most gay women know is that we're just like everybody else. So all of these stories being out there, there's something that everyone can identify with in every single person's story that I've spoken to. They're just regular people and they're Mm -hmm. not some sort of like horrible sexual deviant demons and hearing that i think (laughs) sort of i hope in some way that it will help like if even one person stumbles across it and it's like a bunch of gay girls chatting and then listens to it and they're like actually this girl sounds like my sister or my cousin or sounds like me but she's a woman like any of that would just be it would it would like you said it makes your life kind of worth living in a way because life is scary like it's very short everybody dies you don't get to do it again like once you're dead that's it (laughs) oh my goodness (laughs) and if you do something good absolutely right i think that's what what makes me okay with this sounds so morbid but what makes me less afraid of dying is the idea that every day i try to do something good i try to make the world better for someone and doing that i think is the only way I'm not like is it just makes me feel better. No, you're absolutely right. And going back to the point where you said, you know, 
having the resources because when I came out, I came out in 2013. Yes, five years ago. Um, I didn't really have any resources. I mean, I had my parents, but you don't really want to talk about this stuff with your parents, no matter if they're gay Mm -hmm. or not, um, because, you know, they're my parents. So coming out, I didn't have resources. I I had the L word and that's pretty (laughs) much it. Um, And that's not what I was going to turn to, to to have a resource. So I think that um, in 2018, having podcasts, having, I mean, the YouTube community has um, grown tremendously with LGBT creators. Um, and I think that that's what we need. That's what the 12 year old girls who don't know what their sexuality is. And they're trying to figure it out, need these resources because they need to listen to this and realize my, my story kind of sounds like hers. You know, maybe I should look into this more. There was this, Mm -hmm. I talked about it, um, a little bit, uh, the other day in an episode, but there was this Tumblr post I came across. I first saw it on Reddit and then it like linked off to the Tumblr. And it was just this really long list of common experiences that girls have before they realize that they're lesbians. And there were so many things on there that I was like, do you know how many nights I stayed up and I was like, what is wrong with me? I'm a freak. Why can't I just do this? Or why am I doing this? Why do uh-huh. I feel like that? And reading that, I I was... 20 something years old I think I was 24 25 I was engaged or married at that point and I was just about to cry reading Uh it because it was like the tiny child in me that had been scared for all those years was just so reassured the fact that that exists is amazing the fact that Uh all those gay youtubers are out there like the the fact there's there's gay podcasters and openly gay comedians besides the one (laughs) like it matters it matters and it makes such a difference to people's lives like it really does so good it does i mean it's it's funny because i had never been on tumblr until recently um probably about two years and like even tumblr has been a huge resource for me like meeting people from tumblr and um finding out that wow this person feels exactly how i feel Mm. i'm not alone um has really really helped in you know reddit and um Again, the YouTube community has really helped, but it, it, it's helped me so much as a 23-year-old, and I I really hope it's helping the generation before us right now because I know my mom said she had no resources at, at all when in the 80s when she was you know figuring her life out. Um, but I think it's awesome that you're doing this podcast, and um, I think it's awesome that people are using their voice to help other men and women relate um, to their experiences to make them know, make, make sure they know it's okay to be gay. It's okay to be a lesbian. It's okay to love who you want to love with no mm-hmm. label. Um, and that's the most important thing is that, you know, I, I, I hate seeing, um, you know, girls be afraid of what the people are going to think. And that it's, it's a, it's a valid feeling. Um, it's, it's very scary. I mean, I know how, I was scared to tell my parents, my friends and, um, but knowing they're not alone is the most important thing that we can do for girls who are yeah, coming out. I, I think, agree. Personally. I totally agree. Uh, okay. So we're like over yeah. an hour now, so I'm going to have to transition out of this conversation, even though I really, really like it. Um, Cause I want you to be able to answer. Yeah, of course. I want I'm you so to sorry. be able to answer some of the fun <laughs> questions as well as the serious ones. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Okay. So awesome. We're going to kind of leave the really, really fun politi- like political discussion on the back burner for a second. And kind of go into more silly okay. stuff. So do you have like any kind love of gay okay. icons, any gay people that you're like, I love their work or I love them in general, like anybody like that? 
Oh my God. I could go on for hours about this, but I'll keep it short and sweet. Um, recently, Kehlani has been one of the biggest queer um, mm-hmm. icons for me. Um, I mean, obviously Haley Kiyoko, but that's just yeah. a recent thing. Um, she's been amazing. Um, who else? Um, why am I like blanking right now? Um, really Kehlani though. She, I saw her in concert a couple years ago for the first time and um, she's very open um, in the LGBT community and she uses her voice for good um, and not hate on, um, you know, um, so that's probably my biggest one. Her music is great. So for anyone listening, you should check out her music. Um, I don't know if you've seen the music video that came out today, but there's a mu- music video that came out today with Haley Kiyoko and Kehlani and it's all over Tumblr. It's oh anyone's talking okay. about. I need so. to go and look it up after we finish this conversation. I need to be like, oh my God, the video. <laughs> yes, you do. But yeah. Um, and then do you have any kind of celebrity crushes? Um. Oh gosh, let's think about this. Um, I, I think number one is Demi Lovato. I think that she is absolutely gorgeous, and she herself has hinted that she's bisexual, which make which makes my little gay heart so happy. Um, <laughs> growing up, um, watching Juno, yeah. Ellen Page was a big one. Um, who else? I think that's pretty much it right now. Um, uh, oh, actually, speaking of music, um. There's a band called Paris, and the lead singer, I believe, is either bisexual or gay. I just recently saw her on Tumblr, and I was like, who is that? I like your music. I want to <laughs> learn more about you. So currently I'm, I'm listening to her music right now, but uh, it's funny how more yeah. and more celebrities are coming out now. It's not funny, but it's it's awesome because it's it's helping um, yeah, it's other helping people realize, feel better. Like, hey, I could be gay too. Yeah, you know, you're not it's just like media. on the fringes. Yeah. There's not like two of you. There's hundreds and thousands of us, so it's – so much less lonely um yeah exactly and then um there's a um youtuber named um sarah croce um and she's gay and she is amazing she's actually from the east coast like i am and i had the chance to talk to her um after pride one day and um definitely definite celebrity crush um for sure but (laughs) okay um what would you say is your favorite thing about being a lesbian Oh my God. How do I pick just one? Um, okay. This sounds really weird, but I love, first of all, I love flirting with women. I think that's like my favorite part is just like being flirty. And I love <laughs> trying to figure out if they're gay or not. Um, my, I know this sounds like, so my gaydar is like decent and I, I tend to go for the more androgynous, butchier women. So I kind of have a better idea if they're gay or not. Um, but you know, I'll, I'll fall for the occasional super femme girl. And, um, Playing that game of like, is she gay? Is she not gay? It's 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 fun for me. It's fun flirting with them and you know making that silly eye contact and um, trying to bring up past exes to see yeah. if they say ex girlfriend or ex boyfriend. Um, that's like probably my favorite part, which is not. It's it's kind of unusual because I'm, I get I get you know <laughs> oh she's straight damn it but um I don't know that game it, it's, yeah. it's a fun little no flirting flirty is game really fun I like, like it, so. I, when I was um, trying to date boys I hated flirting and then I was like I'm gay and I'm so good at flirting now I'm like the best <laughs> like there'll be times when my wife will just exactly. go exactly hey, flirt with me <laughs> and I'm like of course any. <laughs> that's so cute that's adorable and that's so funny because you know I am. 
I'm, you know, I am not married or anything, but it's funny because, you know, when I do get married, I really want to still have that flirty relationship with the girl because it that's the fun part is, you know, like going on a date, taking your girl out for dinner and yeah. making it seem like it's the first time again. You know, it, it's you want to make sure you have that special connection still. So, yeah, flirting is my favorite part um, yeah. of, of women, of being gay. Okay, and then last question. If you could tell your younger self anything at all, what would it be? Ooh, you're getting, you're getting deep right here. Um, don't be afraid to get judged um, because – People will judge your actions no matter what you're doing. They will judge you for who you are no matter if you're a straight, white male. Um, everyone's going to judge your actions. But don't be afraid of that because there are going to be people out there who love you for you and who will never judge you. Um, I think that's what I would tell my younger self because I was so afraid of the judgment. So, um, yeah, definitely be who, be who you want to be um, because you'll find people who – will love you and be your friend and be in your little yeah. circle. Um, yeah. So that's what I would tell like 16 <laughs> year old Amber. <laughs> exactly. Cause I think that we struggle um, even, you know, no matter how old you are, what sexuality you are, you, you struggle to find <laughs> your place in the world. And that's a really, really hard thing to find. And I feel like we're all still trying to find that. I mean, I, even though I'm an adult now, I'm still trying to figure out yeah. where I'm meant to be in the world. I don't think so. And it's like, your brain's always changing. Definitely. You never really know. Like, this could be where you're supposed to be today. And then in two months, you could be like, I need to go somewhere else. And it's okay. Because yeah. you will find people wherever exactly. you go. You'll find somebody. You'll find your group. Exactly. Yeah. And like, another thing is don't have regrets. I think that, um, you know, you do the things that you want to do because they, that, that's what you want to do in that moment, you know? Um, and then in 10 years from now, I don't, I don't want to be saying, Oh, I shouldn't have done this because at that moment it was exactly what I wanted. Um, um, I have a tattoo on my rib cage that says, um, the only way out of the labyrinth of suffering is to forgive. And it's just kind of forgive yourself for your past mistakes and don't regret anything because at one point it was exactly what you wanted and you were happy at that one moment. So, Yeah cut yourself a break i think if we if we all did that i think people would just be generally happier because so much of like the tortured anguish in our minds is because we regret things that we cannot ever change so yeah. it's like yeah that happened okay cut yourself some slack exactly you did and then you move on you didn't know it was stupid until you did it now you know and you won't do it again so it's fine exactly and exactly and i i i still struggle to tell myself that um because everyone makes mistakes and at 23 i'm still making stupid mistakes and it's okay because at 28 i'll laugh about it and i'll remember him that one time you did that stupid thing when you were a teenager you know what i mean so <laughs> yeah exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> okay um so that's like near the end of our time but i just wanted to give you a chance uh, to plug your podcast Yes. So I have a podcast with one of my best friends, Haley. Um, it's called Messy Buns. Um, mm -hmm. And there's there's a couple podcasts um, on iTunes called that. So just look for the pink background and you'll see two cartoon buns. Um, we talk <laughs> about um, being adults right outside of college. Um, you know, me moving to a place I, I knew no one. And then we also talk about our 
terrible like Tinder and Bumble experiences because we had a lot of those. <laughs> um, I'm not on Tinder now, but when I was, we would have some funny stories. So um, um, we have like four episodes out. So if anyone wants to check it out, it's called Messy Buns. So please okay, check it out. I will definitely <laughs> listen because I love podcasts. So I'll definitely uh, give that Awesome. Listen. And All thank right. you so much for this. I think this is awesome that you're doing this. Um, I think that it's a great resource for girls who are coming out and who already are out so i really appreciate you having me as a guest oh thank you so much for doing it yeah do you see what i mean she's just so cool she's just so like awesome 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 thank you amber so much for taking the time out of your day uh, to do that interview with me that was ages ago and like we talked again a couple weeks ago and she's actually like moved out of Utah now but still like her philosophy when she was living in a place that was so different than where she'd come from and was so like not really the most welcoming to who she was was just like the way that she handled adversity I think has taught me so much and I know again we only spoke for a short time like these are short interviews but I frequently would think about what she said about like meeting people with understanding and just being like, okay, why do you think that? Let's figure out together how, like, how maybe that isn't the truth. Um, And that definitely changed the way that I approached a lot of um, sort of difficult situations in my own life. So again, thank you for that, Amber. I hope that you guys learned as much as I did. I think, woof. Just a great girl. Just a great girl. This week, my little corner that I haven't named yet. I think I need to come up with a name for this segment um, because I'm calling it my little corner is weird. It sounds like a... I don't want to say what I think it sounds like a nickname for, but I think you know what I mean. Cabinet of curio. My curio cabinet. Oh, my querio cabinet. It's like a pun on curio cabinet. <laughs> so in the curio cabinet this week, we have got uh, a film recommendation. It's Valentine's Day, the day that I'm recording this. It's not Valentine's Day, the day that you're listening to it. But I know I like to watch a romantic movie on Valentine's Day, and I like to have a gay movie, and I'm always looking for more suggestions because there's like four that everyone recommends, and one of them is but I'm a cheerleader. I've, I've seen all of them, basically. I want to... I wanted to see something different. So my wife and I, a couple weeks ago, we had a slumber party, which is when I make her lay downstairs instead of upstairs and, and watch DVDs with me because I don't think slumber parties should end just because you leave high school. I think they're so fun. and Married people can have them too. So this is a film that we watched at our last slumber party. It was so good. It's called Saving Face. It's from 2004. It is uh, the story of like a Chinese girl and her mom and their love lives. And one of them is gay and one of them is pregnant. And it's great. Um, But they're so it's such a good movie. And it's nice also to kind of see a lesbian story that is more diverse than what we're used to seeing of like very thin white beautiful lesbians who are like soft butch at the most um so it's nice to just kind of have a change up it's a really sweet film give it a watch saving face and thus closes the querio cabinet for this week um i'll be back again in two weeks time with another episode this episode um 
I talked to this person, I think, for another hour and a half after I finished um, recording the episode because we were just having that much fun chatting. Um, so I really hope you like it. So, yeah, if you want to be on, you know, send an email, leschatpod at gmail. You guys know the drill. Follow me at Insta, leschatpod. I post preview clips now and little, like, shout outs to whoever was on the podcast that week so you can get to know them a little bit before you listen to their story um yeah if you have something that you'd like like an lgbt product or channel or podcast or whatever that you'd like shout it out here i can signal boost you in the querio cabinet uh so just let me know and same email address and i'll put you on here as well so yeah Thank you guys so much for listening this week, and I'll see you soon. Love you. Bye.